Welcome to the Urban Remedy Podcast, inspiring wellness through food, lifestyle, and making conscious choices. I am your host today. My name is Nika Pasquale, the founder of Urban Remedy. Tell us a little bit about um, the fish that you source from us. So can you talk to us about the salmon that Urban Remedy is now carrying? Certainly. Uh, What you have uh, chosen that we're very proud about is our Loch Duart salmon. Loch Duart is probably the finest salmon farm in the world. It is a farm that has taken the time to, for instance, have in its hatchery native natural wild river broodstock from Scotland. All the other farms in Scotland have bought in smolt from Denmark, from Norway, from uh, the Faroe Islands or so on. So you're getting the only true Scottish salmon that still exists, period. Wow. Okay? Point one. Why is that important? Well, one of the big concerns, for instance, for environmental groups uh, who are concerned about native stocks and the relationship between fish farming is what if they escape, oh my gosh, now you've really impinged the uh-huh. whole, damaged, the, impaired the whole broodstock uh, of, of the native wild. Well, as I often say with Loch Duart, if they escape, they're homies. That's where they're from. Right, right. Um, uh, and there was a recently, about a year ago, a university did an independent study, and in 77 genomic counts, uh-huh. the Loch Duart salmon and the Wild River salmon from that region of Scotland were identical. Oh, wow. I mean, That's literally cool. identical. There was no difference that could be determined. So you have that quality. You have a group that has studied the migratory feeding pattern of the North Atlantic uh-huh. salmon and has actually mirrored that in the fish that they that they so feed. So can you talk more about that? Because I think when we first were getting, um, deciding to do our partnership, um, our CEO was a little bit worried about using farmed salmon. Sure, So sure. can you talk a little bit about like the, you know, I and I have some friends years ago that worked at like a salmon farm and they were like, I'll never eat farmed salmon again because they were throwing in like coloring and all kinds of stuff. Okay, so I okay. mean, I so can you kind of talk to us about the difference between like a, a sustainable farm versus the other kind of farmed? Well, it, it follows the pattern of what we were just talking about. Um, in fact, what I f- find very disturbing is the large industrial groups, when they're critiqued from environmental groups, uh-huh. they look for how they can quickly move to check a box so that then they're good. Right. So when they got critiqued on using wild fish to feed farm fish, they just shifted over to soy. Oh, yeah. Oh, plant protein. Okay, we're good now. Right. And it's like, well, that doesn't really solve the problem. And what you've done is by your intervention, you've taken a pescivorous carnivorous fish yeah. and turned it vegan. Yeah, and soy and is so, allergenic. Exactly. Yeah. It has its own problems. And now one of the things you've taken away is the flavor of the salmon. Oh, interesting. So, of course, the, you know, the salmon, like us, we are what we eat. Yeah. They are what they eat. Yeah. So suddenly the whole flavor profile shifts and changes. And the industrial people go, yeah, but see, now we're green. And it's like, well, not really. What's a different way of looking at it? Loch Duart studied the migratory pattern and found that there was a wild fishery out of Iceland in the North Atlantic uh-huh. 
that was catching capelin, a small feeder fish, uh-huh. and there was a strong demand for the row of the capelin for sushi bars in Japan and elsewhere. Uh-huh. Well, what were they doing with the rest of the fish? They strip out the row, and the rest of the fish, mm-hmm. what happened? They went, oh, well, we go to pets. So we, we, they said, no, 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 no. We'll buy all that. Uh-huh. So here we have a fish that's already been caught for human consumption. Uh-huh. We're now taking the trimmings and leavings of that. And what we've created is, with no taking no additional fish out of the wild, yeah. we have an all-fish fish meal that's in the migratory pattern of what would have been... So that's what the they diet. were eating already. That's what they are eating. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. So, so these kinds of thoughts, you know, going back to my work with the Natural Step in Sweden, so, I don't know, 15 years, 18 years of looking at sustainable business practices and what makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a company ever that has taken environmental sustainable systems yeah. thinking uh, seriously that wasn't continually hit in the face with unintended positive consequences. Mm. I love that. <laughs> that that uh, a shrimp group changes their uh, gear and suddenly, instead of um, between nine and 20 pounds of bycatch to catch a pound of shrimp, uh-huh. it's between one and three pounds of bycatch to catch. And oh gosh, now we're catching larger shrimp because our nets are different. Oh gosh, now we're using less fuel because, right. so now we can fish longer. And all kinds of other, benef- other benefits yeah. come into play. Over and over again, I find that groups that are sincerely not just checking boxes, right. But actually really starting care. to think through, yeah. you know, how do we really change our practices yeah. to mimic natural pattern? They find that to be a winning and profitable position to take. Which is so great, right? Because it's a win-win for everybody. Which so is, what, yeah. so, so tell us like the top five um, things about the salmon that we're using um, that come to mind. So it's obviously sustainably fed. Sustainably fed. That is to say, it's fed from a natural diet that's as natural, that's as close to the wild habitat. diet habitat as yeah. possible. Um, the the hatchery process, the release into the wild process, the care and feeding of the fish out in the grow out stages. So when you say that, does that mean they have room to swim and they're not like thousands of fish just stuck in like a little tank or something like that? You have a... 12 to 18, 12, 15 uh, um, kilograms per cubic meter of water, which gives you about a 98% water to 2% fish in the tank that you're growing in. And what is a tank? Really? Like, what is a tank? It's, I said tank. They, they are net pins. Okay. There are net pins in the ocean. You want net pins in the ocean because you, and, and you want to, the next a really important point, is the placement, the sighting of the pens. Mm, yeah. You want to not just have them close to shore because it's convenient. Right. You want them out in rough coastal waters uh, so that they have to swim and live a fish's life. Right. You don't want them in a bathtub. Yeah. You want them out. So, so those so, fish out do have So that. Yeah. And I mean, one of the, I loved it when we first started Clean Fish and we took uh, the Lock to Salmon over to one of the best fishmongers in the Bay Area, uh, Ted, who is now retired, he was uh, he ran the 
the uh, fish counter at uh, Berkeley Bowl for years and oh, years cool. and years. And uh, he opened up the box and said, wow, I, I thought you told me this was fine. Oh. And he, he said, the condition of the fins and everything, this fin hasn't been in some crowded condition. Right. This fin, and then he opened, he cut open the, the, and started picking out the pin bones. And he stopped and he said, boy, your story about, you know, the, the, the yeah. conditions are for real because a classically conventional yeah. farmed uh, salmon, he said, I can pick the pin bones out like toothpicks out of butter. There's uh, no muscle. Uh, right, because they're not swimming around. He said, I got to get the tweezers out yeah. and pull these things out. The pin bones don't lie. This fish has lived a uh, fish's life. Oh, I love that. That yeah. is so cool. So that was, that was for me, another one of the significant yeah. indicators. Another big point that was really, for me personally, one of the convincing points of this is the fish we want to put uh -huh. our, our name behind was the fact that at the time they had three grow-out sites. Uh -huh. And they made the commitment from their founding in 1999, which was when they this group of experienced um, uh, fish farmers came together and said, let's do it right. Yeah. Let's do everything we've learned. Let's pour it into this. Yeah. And they decided, you know, um, the net pens, they, be, you know, they become uh, um, containers for uh, foulants, and it's just the ocean coming through, and seaweed yeah. and everything collects, and pretty soon it's clogged up the pen, and now there's no oxygen for the fish. Well, what the convention, what the conventional industrial guys do is, oh, well then, let's paint antifoulants into the nets, and so they paint copper-based antifoulants oh. into the nets which are toxic. Oh my God, that's terrible. And so you go, well, I get that you've resolved your anti-fallon problem, yeah. but now your fish are swimming in a toxic yeah. connecting scene. What did Lock Doer do? They said, you know, okay, so it builds up. So what we'll do is we'll create additional open pens. And then when that clogs up, starts to clog up, we'll swim our fish through to an open pen. And then we'll just lift the nets out, dry them out in the sun, shake everything out and put it back. That's, yeah, duh. Duh, it's just totally. like, Yeah, it's just like, you know, yeah. what, what comes is my dear friend, uh, Nick Joy, who was for from its found, the founding managing director and main fish farmer, uh, he said, well, no, what comes from the ocean should go back to the ocean. Yeah. You, don't, you don't try to block, you don't yeah. put things in the ocean Total, yeah. and then try to block the impact yeah. of the ocean. There was another point that um, you had talked to me about the... These fish actually have higher omega fatty acids because of what they're fed. Is that correct? For sure. Um, both the combination of uh, the the um, the capelin, the krill, and other uh, you know colored fish. And no, you mentioned colorants. I want to come back to that. Yeah, I mean, once um, I heard about that, I was like, I that was another reason. I'm like, I am never going to eat anything that they are putting like coloring into now. This is a really important point. We could walk into any vitamin section of any top natural food store, mm -hmm. Good Earth, Whole Foods, any place, yeah. and you will see astaxanthin as an antioxidant. Yeah. That has astaxanthin is what's used for coloring in the fish. But I mean, are they fed that, or are they? It's in the feed. Oh, okay. Because... They just put astaxanthin in the feed. If we go to a vitamin counter and we're looking for antioxidant qualities yeah. and astaxanthin will be in it. No, is that what all these other farm fish are using that are like using colorants? Because I heard they were using dyes. 
or is that what everybody uses? Um, a fine point. The first group to come up with the um, pharmaceutical astaxanthin, which is derived from other natural systems. Right. I mean, what we know about astaxanthin, what we know about antioxidants, is that they have, they always come with color and properties. Right. Blueberries, red yeah. wine, pomegranate. Yeah. You want to eat the rainbow, right? There you go, exactly. Yeah. So that's where we get antioxidants. Well, same in the natural system, yeah. in the, in underwater. You get uh, astaxanthin seaweed. from seaweed, from uh, shrimps, from yeah. things with color yeah. in them. Okay, so um, the fact that the astaxanthin has a color and property in the body of the fish uh -huh. is couldn't be much more natural. Right. The the best astaxanthin, which often comes from a kind of spirulina algae base, uh -huh. is for most all commercial, including Loch Dewar, all commercial aquaculture operations, it's just too expensive. That's too expensive for them to use. Mm -hmm. So there's a nature identical synthetic that they use. That's the extent of the color. Now, when the first group to, that, that put this together, it was the La, LaRoche. Um, and as I understand it, in the 50s, when they were just bringing that into, onto the marketplace, the open question was, well, you can put this in as a antioxidant, and that's a food-based system, and that will take this much time to get through into uh -huh. being passed, or you can call it a colorant, and that will get through in this much time to get passed. They took that path, uh -huh. just because it was a faster way of getting on the marketplace. So it is technically referred to as a colorant rather than a food-based uh, nu uh, nutritional. Yeah. So as a nutrient, it would have been unquestioned, Candidly, when groups who wanted to ban all salmon farming, and there's still a, yeah. a few of them, all salmon farms should stop. Um, uh, they seized on that issue and, and required the groups to put color added. Well, the color added is astaxanthin. Oh, interesting. In I never knew that because I was under the impression that they were using some sort of like chemical dyes or something like that. That was that's the story. I mean, oh, I, I, had, I had many people come in. What are they doing? Injecting yeah. dyes? No, yeah, what are they I, doing? I mean, I was so it's curious. Like, no, really, it's really oh, far so more, far far more benign than that. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it is part of. We talked about this before. This is kind of soundbite sensationalism, yeah. where people throw color, you know, colorants. Oh my God, what is that? Yeah. And their minds just go off into yeah. what they no, would think of as dyes and colors. That is so interesting. I'm so yeah. happy you cleared that up because yeah. I was very, yeah, that was it. I had an issue with that. Yeah. Um, and then let's talk about. Is there any other thing about our salmon that we haven't talked about that you think is important? I mean, I just feel I just you know the reason that we're doing this is because I really want our customers to understand that we have tried and I think successfully have sourced the cleanest, most ecologically farmed salmon that's available through well, Clean Fish. Well, it's a salmon that has been awarded uh, for years and years running with uh, a, a group that's both a regional and national award called Vision in Business and the Environment Award. Lock Dewitt has won it over and over again. Uh, it is the... It is the, the, your salmon is the same salmon that uh, was in the royal wedding. It was chosen by Westminster Abbey's Best Foods of Britain to be in the royal jubilee meal. 
uh, the Diamond Jubilee meal. Uh, it's served year on year for the most part in, uh, in Wimbledon, Wimbledon at the tennis. Uh, whenever there's in Britain a major event, and okay, we want the best, Lock to it is, and so, and you really feel choice. that it's the the cleanest choice for salmon out there. I do. I think there's there's another group of operations that are just hitting the marketplace and uh -huh. just being explored now, that are land based systems. Uh huh. And if I was to talk to the cleanest, I might start to side with some of those around certain elements. That uh -huh. is to say something that's being grown out in the pens, uh -huh. they're subject to everything else in the wild. Right. You know? Now, the location for most of the, of the fish farms that we participate with and we have vetted are appropriately in very remote, yeah. very distant categories. Why is that? Well, in fact, just a couple of months ago, uh, the Seattle papers uh, put out a very scary, but again, very telling uh, indication of what happens with the fish that are closer to shore. Some Chinook salmon in Puget Sound were caught, a group of them, and they were brought in for testing. What did they find in that testing? Vicodin. Oh yeah, I did cocaine, read that. Oh my God, um, I know. A whole series of that pharmaceuticals. So, so it's like, okay, what are these, you know, we flush and throw everything away. Yeah. Where's this place away? It's where our fish live. Yeah. That's where our oh way is. Oh my God, that is just so, terrible. So um, we, have to, we have to start to take responsibility yeah. for what we've done. Yeah. And in some cases, the ocean conditions are so questionable yeah. that indeed land-based filtered water systems yeah. Are increasingly will be one of the yeah, ways to go. Which is so interesting. 